Welcome, and thank you for listening to The Worship Hangover. We are all about telling the stories of people who live and breathe ministry, no matter the size of their congregation. This episode is about our friend Randy. Randy is not only a pastor at an Assemblies of God congregation in a rural setting, but he might just be a table tennis world champion. I I don't know. You listen and decide. Here's his story. All right. Well, welcome to The Hangover. This is The Worship Hangover. Good morning, everybody. So I'm Dallas. I'm Zach. And this is our friend. I'm Randy. Um, Randy uh, works at a at Christian Life Assemblies. Is that a, That's an Assemblies of God church, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, in Diamond, Illinois. Um, and you've been there how long now? About a year and a half. About a year, year and a half. half. Okay. Yeah. Where were you before that? I was in St. Cloud, Minnesota. St. Cloud, Minnesota. Okay. okay. Cool. Awesome. So Randy, how long have you been doing ministry? Uh, let me get the years right. I get it. Uh, right. About 25 years. Okay. Wow. 25 years. Okay. So, um, so you've probably been a few places, seen a few things. I have. <laughs> Unfortunately, or fortunately, depends how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, okay. right. Depends on the things you're talking yes. about. Right? Uh-huh. Um, cool. so, um, we're all in that time. Where all have you been? Uh, did a, my wife and I and our family have done a lot of the ministry in Indiana. Then, uh, we... Uh, went to Boca Raton, Florida for three okay. years at a very, very large church, and then went to Minnesota after that, basically. Okay, cool. So what was your role in Boca Raton? Uh, youth pastor. Youth pastor? Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, very cool. So you've been youth pastor, you've been lead guy. Yeah. So was that a decision of preference, or was that just how it happened? Well, it was just, uh, I was going to senior pastor after getting out of college, and I went with the Illinois church planner in our denomination. Mm-hmm. To look at a church, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me in a real subtle way. I was playing basketball with his son, and it's like, you should do youth ministry. And I'm like, I hate youth. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, That's always makes for the best. Yes, that's great. Yeah, yes, right. Yeah. Uh, and so I ended up doing youth for about 12 years okay. after that, 13 years. Okay. Didn't want to leave it. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. really good. We enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. You know, I, I never really planned on doing youth ministry, but uh, got called up here, and man, like it's, I can't imagine not doing it at this point in time oh, in my sure. life. I get that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was super hard. Like I fought leaving youth ministry. So I, I, I was a youth pastor part time at a church for a few years while I was in college, and then um, for three years after that, uh, full time. Um, and and it took me a long time to get my head wrapped around that God, for whatever reason, was calling me out of student ministry. Um, and, uh, and, and stuff. So I, I really remember those years with a lot of joy. So, yeah. So, so, um, so you've, you've done all of these different ministry things. Um, uh, how did you get into ministry? Uh, my family was not in ministry. I didn't grow up in ministry. Right. Um, my, my mom, kind of a, a short story is my mom grew up in a Christian family, but really wasn't a practicing Christian and she accepted Christ probably in a real way a committed way when I was about two and when I was four uh, I remember vaguely but I asked her how to receive Christ and she basically said you're too young yeah and uh, I felt like I need to so I (laughs) needed to so I went to another room and she caught me I prayed by myself that Jesus would come in my life oh wow and and then from there on, the Lord had his hand on me. I didn't think I'd be in ministry. Yeah, yeah. I just liked helping people. So sure. I was involved in youth groups and things. And the Lord just opened up the door 
uh, seemed like it was the only door that made sense. So yeah. I ended up going to Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, and that was a miracle in itself. Another Missouri. story. But that's yeah. the homeland. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I ended up in ministry that way. The Lord miraculously kind of got my attention on a couple occasions, head on car wrecks at 60 miles per hour and some other crazy things. But anyhow. What is life at the Adams household like right now? Like, tell us about your family and, and, and all that fun stuff. Oh, sure. I have a 13-year-old daughter, uh, Alexia, and a son, Colin, okay. who's 10. My wife, uh, Kelly, uh, we've been married. Uh, <laughs> are, you, are you sure? <laughs> yes, I've done that. Cut that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I get it. You know, we've been married since... 94. Wow. And so she was 20 days from nine, uh, from 20. Oh, wow. Okay. And I got back from my uh, college, and yeah. she was at the home church I started attending at college, and that's how we met, and we've been together. Did youth ministry for many years, did not have kids, yeah. and waited 10 years to have her first child. Yep. And so yep. now our kids are a little younger, and I'm a little older, Yeah. And but we have a good time. Uh, it's kind of crazy at times but yeah. it's good so how has you know you and kelly got married pretty young she's been in ministry with you the whole time how has the ministry dynamic how has that affected or how's that been in your relationship well to be honest it's been it wasn't easy yeah sure. uh, i was a workaholic uh-huh. i still can be that way uh-huh. and i probably worked uh one place for six years i mean it was great we had eight to 40 kids a night at our house yeah it was wonderful but it just hurt our marriage yeah. it really mm-hmm. did I mean that's yeah that's honesty and you know I kind of think well I'm supposed to do ministry right and so at sometimes that has brought some hurts my wife has been wonderful wonderfully mm-hmm. supportive yeah uh, but at times I look back and I say oh okay it can be it can be a detriment because uh, what's it matter if you gain the whole world but lose your soul or lose your family is kind of yeah. how I look at it yeah and so uh, yeah you know, it, it was great. I look back at six years in Madison, Indiana. Wonderful time. You know, great youth group, great kids. Oh, it was great. But I also look back as a time my wife, was. she has some physical uh, sicknesses. She still does. She was struggling, and I was too busy to help her. And it was my fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, so you're talking about that. And I know there are. There are guys and gals out there in ministry who are right now dealing with this exact same sure. thing. What what was that turning point? What what either woke you up to that or like what was something that really helped you through through that that season? You know, I'd like to put my finger on. I wish I had a magic pill to say, yeah. hey, here's my Well, of course. And yeah. I don't know if I have it, but I think I finally got to the point a little bit, and I'm still working at it, is hey. Uh, you know, I'm supposed to serve God first, right? And then my family, right? I was taught under a workaholic, and I appreciate a, a hard work ethic. I don't see it much anymore. Yeah. But then I also realize that my family needs to be a priority, and I have to work at it. Yeah. Because sometimes I can be guilt driven, and I don't mean to be. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I can be. I have to work so many hours, and I'm cheating the church if I'm not working 50, 60 hours. Right. And, and then, but there were multiple times. Uh, you know, we're out celebrating my son's birthday and someone calls me about a hangnail. Yeah. And I, I spent an hour on the phone and he's not blowing out the candles. Yeah. You know, right. and I think at that point I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm just, yeah, I can't do this this way. Yeah, I think, and I think that's it, right? Andy, Andy Stanley wrote a book uh, maybe a decade ago called Choosing to Cheat. It was the first time that I came across that thought process yeah. of, 
of I'm either going to cheat my professional life or I'm going to cheat my family life or, you know what I mean? Something's going to be cheated. Um, and so I have to figure out which one I'm willing to cheat. Um, right. You know, and I think that's a fair question of we do. Ministry is so interesting because it's such a relational job, but it also can destroy your relationships so easily. Oh, yeah. You can be busy all the time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's good. But if you're busy to be busy, there causes a problem. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, like, there are times, like, you know, I just got back from vacation, went back to my parents' house and hung out there for a few days. And uh, and it wasn't anything special, but it was time that I knew that this is my family's time. And so, like, I didn't answer text messages, phone calls, or anything. Like, I had to shut off. Um, and so I, I definitely feel as pastors, we need to take that time. Um, and, and realize that, yeah, like something might be happening, but God has put other people in our church to, to deal with those things while we're, while we are taking time. Yeah. Something I, something I often say is that my family is my first priority in ministry, right? They, they are my first ministry priority. If my family's not healthy, there's no way that I can help a church be healthy. Right. Um, and so, and so that's a big deal. What, how have you now, you know, now that you're over that hill or whatever, you're working through that. How are you safeguarding yourself or your family from that coming back into the picture? You know, I, I think it's trying to go, okay, Friday is my day off and I need to take it off. Yeah. So how does how does uh, your congregation respect like Fridays off? Do they do a good job respecting that? Or do you, you know, I don't even know. A lot? I don't know if they know I'm off on Friday. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're really good. They're not uh-huh. a problem. I don't get a lot of calls on Fridays. Uh-huh. So... And at this church, I haven't got the hangnail calls. Okay. What I, I mean, literally, someone, yeah. I pinch my finger in a door and they need to talk for an hour and a half. You know, wow. le- legitimate needs. Yeah. I have no problem. I, I'm weird, though. I never turn my phone off. Okay. It is on 100% of the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, because I've been there with the teenager. I've been there with adults. Yeah. That I get a call at 2.30 in the morning and mm-hmm. uh, thank the Lord I was there and they didn't commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. But... On the other hand, I don't want to call about I pinch my finger in the door at 2 in the morning, which right. I have received. Yeah. Like literally that call? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. I'm, you know, can, and then they want to talk for an hour. And I don't mind, but there comes a point that, like I said at that birthday party, kind of woke me up. I'm like, I don't want to be a jerk. Yeah. This is my son's birthday party. Yeah. They're waiting to blow out candles. And the lady chewed me out. Yeah. Oh, well, you're not doing your minute. And I'm thinking, really? Yeah. Uh, I was at one church. And someone chewed me out for being gone at Christmas. And I said, I, my family lives 10 hours away. Yeah. Okay. And we only get to see them once a year. Yeah. Right. I go back once a year. Yeah. And I miss, and, and they literally chewed me out. Well, then you don't care about our family. So you're telling me I should never right. be with my family. Right. And then let's flip it. Then you should never, ever miss a Sunday, ever. Yeah. 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 So Absolutely. If, if you're going to pull that... Are the people here have not been that way? They've been great. Yeah, they're awesome. very supportive. Yeah, so Praise I, God, man. So I like I never shut my phone off, but I do let people go to voicemail. Yes, um, you know what I mean. And and because um, as you know, sometimes one person's emergency is another person's laughing matter. Um, you, you know, and so I'll let it go to voicemail. And I love I love now that I can like transcript transcript voicemails. I can look at a voicemail in two seconds and be like, okay. This is a legitimate concern, or okay, this can wait until tomorrow. Yeah, um, you know, and so that's been that's been a big thing for me because I too have the tendency to try to over overwork, overdo hours. Sure. Um, one thing that I've done in my life is shift my hours earlier 
so that I can be home as much as possible in the evening time. Sure. Um, and that's really helped my family as well. Um, I think it's good to talk about that, though. I think a lot of uh, there's a there's a lot of guys out there who aren't taking days off. There's a lot of guys out there who are letting other people's emergencies um, uh, set their schedule. Yep. Um, and what that means is that they're missing their kids and they're missing their wives mm -hmm. whenever they need them the most. What do sure. you say to that person? It has to become a priority. I mean, Stop it! I know. It's hard to do it, but you, you have yeah. to make it a priority. And, yeah. And the thing is, I think it's very important to realize that God did not call you to guilt. Yeah. You see, Absolutely. We, we can feel guilty and I should be doing it. Yeah, that's part of your job, but you've got to guard your family. Uh, there comes a time that you got to protect your family too. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to take every day off and go golfing. That's not what that means. Yeah. I'm right. not saying don't work hard. I'm saying yeah. legitimately care for your family. Yeah. yeah. Work hard while you work. Yes. But at, but at the same time, God took the seventh day off. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not mm -hmm. above him. And he, right. he went out to pray and went alone a lot too. If yeah, you, if you read that. Yeah, yeah. Jesus was constant. Like oh, yeah. so much wanted away from people. At one point in Scripture, he rose a boat out into the middle of the sea. And yeah, it's just like, like just leave me alone, world. <laughs> and they still find it. Back up. Uh, yeah. So, so that's what ministry's like. Rowing so, a boat into the middle of the sea and people. So, Randy, what do you do? What do you do to row that boat out in the middle of the sea? Like when you just need like not even family time, <laughs> but Randy time. What what do you go do? I need Randy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably too much. I, I love Xbox. Okay. Uh, okay. I would not have pictured mm -hmm. that. I, so what do you play? Well, I don't recommend it for young people. <laughs> that's not that's not uh, our listener. No. Yeah, I I I play uh, you know Call of Duty World of War. I started with my okay. nephew about ten years ago. Okay. So okay. It, it's been interesting because I mm -hmm. I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, I just play multiplayer. Yeah. And but I have like two hundred friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have friends that are drug dealers. I have friends that uh, it's amazing yep. forum that people let you hang out with them really. Yeah. yeah and yeah. get to know them. If you're at a certain level, they don't care. Yeah. And so it's been interesting over the years. In fact, uh, about four years ago, my wife and I went to a ministry school event in yeah. New Orleans, uh -huh. and uh, a guy that I played with. Um, mm -hmm. He was going through a rough situation. Literally, I went down there, told him I was coming. He lived an hour away. He came and met us. Wow. And his son came. He gave us money to go around certain places. And it was just a very interesting. I'm not suggesting that you do yeah. that with everybody. Right, right, right. A uh, very interesting thing. He sent me a king cake for years. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, what? Every, a king cake? It's, uh, it's a Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Oh, tradition. okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was just funny. He sent it yeah. for years. And so uh, I've used it as an outlet that. Sometimes I just need to blow off steam, yeah. and so uh, I, I do pretty good in on those things, and so it, it's fun. But you can you got to watch that you don't play too much. And yeah, so, sure. Yeah, and, yeah. And so, Absolutely. but I do that. I bike in the morning, summer, starting usually April through as much as I can handle. Yeah. I ride about forty-five an hour a day. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, just ride by cray. Try to get clear in the morning. Cool. So that's good, and uh, you know, do some things like that. Awesome for me yeah. personally. What is something what is something that most people just don't know about you that is that that you would like to tell? That you're willing to you're tell. You're willing to tell. Oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> right? I, I don't know. Uh, I mean most people know I'm driven, most people know uh, that I 
I think most people know I like to have fun. But I don't know. I wish I could tell you guys. I just... Yeah, yeah, right. No fun facts about Randy? No. No. I mean, stuff years ago, but it doesn't really matter, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, sure. I played, I played table tennis for years or ping pong. Uh-huh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you think you're, you think you're good. Yeah, right. Until you play... Until you play someone good. Uh, in college, <laughs> I used to go around different colleges in Springfield and play people, and I was yeah. winning all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, funny story is this guy that was going, staying at our college, he was going to seminary, he goes, yeah. I heard you're good at ping pong, and he was a six-foot Korean. How many times did you see that? Right. And, uh, and <laughs> okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, you hitting the hundreds? And I'm like, oh, sure. I didn't know he meant literal. Wow. And so he was actually an instructor for Britain's National wow. Olympic oh! Team. Wow. And uh, he worked with me for about five uh, five different sessions until his uh, father had a heart attack. So I could always play good defense, but then he taught me how to hit hard. Yeah. And so uh, it was just kind of a funny story. Uh, through a, a, a series of events, then someone got me in touch with a guy that was uh, number one in the U.S. over 60. Okay. And okay. he was, and they said, you should go play him. I called this guy up in uh, Granite City. I was living in Decatur, you should, you should just go play him. And just I, I called happens. him and I said, hey, man, can I come see you? Yeah. He said, sure, sure, we'll play. And, and so... I went down there to play him, and it was just funny. He was 65. He could still hit about probably 85, 90, so he yeah. could hit hard, but he couldn't dust it like the guys I played at some places. And But he was a machine. Yeah. I mean, you know, Forrest Gump completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just, so, um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> needless to say, I, I played a bunch that night. He asked me to spend the night. Yeah. I stayed the night. Uh and then played the next day. We played 48 times. Wow. Uh, you know, 21. At, back That's then, what they this played is 20. right there. Yeah. And then I won 8 of 48. So, so do you have like tennis elbow oh, or any no. residual oh, you, injuries? Uh, you, no, you can pull yourself. So then he called a guy. Uh, it's funny. They called a guy <laughs> to let me play in a certain club. They got me in another club. And that's where uh, I just don't have time to play. I went to a club in Springfield, Illinois. You had to be in the top 500 in U.S. to play. That's awesome. Uh, and so my doubles partner was ranked like 50th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is amazing yeah. what those guys can do with that <laughs> ball. Uh, it's just amazing. Uh, I, I beat a guy in a set that was top 50. I can't remember how. Uh, I was the only one to beat him in the club, but it was just because he wouldn't change his style. Yeah. He knew if my backhand wasn't good. He wanted to challenge my forehand, and I could play defense. And I'm like, dude, you hit at my backhand, you're going to kill me. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. But he wanted to disprove, and I got lucky one day, and I was on. And yeah. So I beat him, and uh, yeah. that was my claim to fame. I, <laughs> I was I was good at ping pong, but there's always someone better. Oh, yeah. But it was fun. They, they literally, that Korean guy literally would hit it off the table and welch you. You'd look like a Hindu. Wow. I mean... He would, wow. walk, he would come off. He taught me how to hit that hard. Wow. Uh, but last thing, it was fun. I remember going to this club and going, I'm going to show them. So I go airborne, and I dust it. I could hit over 100 back yeah. in the day uh, uh, and get it on the table. Wow. But I'm playing this guy who's like literally top yeah. 50 player. So the next time I do it, he steps back, and it's just like baseball. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. They... You know, you yeah. wanted to hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah. And I smoke it, and then he loops it back on the table, and I'm still airborne. <laughs> and then you're trying to go, oh, shoot. You know, you can't. 
then you have to learn. Oh, I can't, no. I can't <laughs> jump like that. Only time I do it, then it becomes chess. Uh-huh. The funny thing about ping pong, and I'll stop, it's chess. Uh-huh. The real good players, it's not ping pong. Yeah. I'm going to hit three shots here, 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 and here so that on the four shot, I can put it here. Uh-huh. Because when you get that level, it's really not ping pong anymore. It's all thinking. Uh, so like man. shots so, ahead. Yes, they in, really do. In my brain right now, I'm picturing the movie Sherlock where he like sees the fight oh, before yeah. he fights. Yes. And this is Randy walking up to a ping pong table like, I'm going to hit here, here, there. Everything oh, yeah. slows down. And yeah. then those guys that are good, they already thought that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, okay, I'm going to let him hit it here, here, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, then yeah. on the fourth time, I'm going to cram it down his throat. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Uh, so the fun fact about Randy is never played him at ping pong. Yeah, never. Oh, not ever. Never. It was fun. I'm not that good anymore. Yeah, I'm not that good anymore. Yeah, it's right. It's still better than me. It's still better than anybody that I've probably ever played or ever known. So so did you stand, because when I was in college, the guys who were like really good at ping pong, they would stand like three feet back from the table oh, yeah. and wail it. Is that what you would do? Oh, yeah. It, it's easier to, to cross land that way. Okay. Then if you, get, if you get somebody who's really hitting, you really need to drop back about 10, 15. Wow. I mean, when they're hitting that hard. Just like if you ever watch pros, seriously. Wow. So do they ever like just get ready and then just barely so, tap yeah. it over and, just, oh. and you have to like you, you, dive up you on dive. the table? Yes. Um, you, legally, you can't touch the table. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I lose <laughs> always. I like the Matrix move. Oh, know, that, those guys. Yeah. It is incredible. <laughs> How, how's there never been a ping pong movie? Oh, there's been a couple. So, Randy, are you are you a reader? Not as much as I used to be. I yeah. used to read all the time. I don't. I yeah. I skim a lot, which is terrible. Yeah, but I do. Yeah. That's not necessary. I think I think it's fair. Like I, in <laughs> fact, I'll tell people this book's a skimmer or this book is a reader. Yeah. 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 Because I and I think especially in our line of work, we we always want to be doing self betterment stuff, and so you know it's it's okay. I I was listening to this other podcast, and this guy was talking about reading, and he's like. A lot of like like fiction books you need to read, but nonfiction books. A lot of them you read a few chapters or you read you know through the first little bit of each chapter, whatever, and and you've got the main idea of the book. Oh, and you sure. say, oh, I I can see where you're going with this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I will do that. I do podcasts. I do other things that I watch yeah. during the week or have on a second screen. Yeah. When I'm working, right. I always use two screens. In it. And I would throw this out there: podcasts and and YouTube channels, things like that, have have uh, in some ways for self bettering replaced reading. Um, yeah. Not right. that they've done that for everyone, and not that that's my my only thing with podcasts, and the reason why it hasn't replaced reading for me necessarily is a lot of times podcasts you get a lot of one voice and not a multiplicity of voices. No, that makes sense. Interesting. So what what is something in in your life that is that helps you a lot in ministry? Like what is a tool that you use that's like if when I when I first started using this like revolutionized my life or you know, I'm being dramatic about that. Sure. But what is something that you're like, man, if I could tell somebody about this in ministry to start using this, what would it be? Product Product or or sure whatever product or or even a, a system or a yeah. thought process. You know, I don't know. Maybe I can go on a tangent because I don't have it here. That's what we're here for. One of the things that I found so valuable in my last church, we had a group of guys that started out as a discipleship book club. Yeah, that just became a group of guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was probably. 
seven of us that they were my elders, mm -hmm. but they knew ministry. I don't care what area of life you're in, mm -hmm. but to connect with people where we could sit, get away, take mm -hmm. off the ministry hat for a moment. Yeah. Sometimes it was ministry related, but just talk to people. And I found it so valuable to connect with people and have guys that you could just sit down with. Uh, you know, some of the, of course, resources now, uh, on a practical note, planning center is really good. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, you get some of the other things that you can use to become more organized, uh, but that's more church-related. Sure. You know. Man, we were at uh, this this conference a couple months ago, last month, I don't know, two months ago now. That was June. Um, and this dude started talking about planning center, but he started talking about it as a replacement for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like, and, and we don't use planning center that way. And I don't know if you do either. Um, like we don't map out our services moment by moment by moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know there are a lot of churches out sure. there who do. Um, and he was like, man, and, and he was from, he's from somewhere in Africa. Africa. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember where. Um, and he was like, I feel like the church in America has has replaced um, has replaced the Holy Spirit with Planning Center, and I was like, "Oh man, that yeah. like punched some people in the gut right there." Yeah. Um, so I I sorry I I that's no, a no. tangent. I, I agree. I think we all have a, a service order of service, but it, you got to make room for things. To Absolutely. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, and we do. So that, I think this leads into to a, into an interesting thing. So, um, our, uh, you know, our, our, our gatherings here are, um, uh, planned out. Usually you plan out the music, what, a week ahead of time, something yeah. like that, like the week of. Usually by Tuesday, it's, yeah. it's nailed down. Sermon series are planned out typically months ahead of time. And then I write the, typically the sermon the week of, um, is what happens. I need to get better at writing two weeks out just for production right. value, but, um, um, we write a week out right now. Production. Like, like, I understand what you're saying. But yeah, yeah. Like as far as it would help, it would help us be able to do more creative things. Yeah. Sure. And I think it would help everybody's life in general. Yeah. Like it would help our volunteers. It'd help mm -hmm. a lot of things. Um, uh, how does, how, how planning for you guys and your gatherings? Um, do you guys like, how far out are you playing sermons wise? You know what? It's really up to me. No one kind of says, hey, you have to do that. So a lot of times I will do series right now. I'm, I've been working or getting a sermon series ready for the next like three to five weeks, probably five okay. by the time okay. we get done. A lot of times I do that, but then I found myself in between this last week going, uh-oh, I'm done with this series, but I have too many weeks for until yeah. our next big event. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I did a standalone, yeah. uh, you know, and wrote, write that. So we do that. We plan our music probably the week of okay. trying to tie in sometimes with our sermon. Yeah. And so right. I probably should do it more now. I probably should give it to my staff more. I'll have an idea of what I'm doing maybe for the next five, six weeks. And then maybe an idea after that. But we could do better of going, hey, we're doing this. Mm -hmm. You got any creative ideas to throw in that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so we do, so I, I, I write, you know, the content from, for the sermon stuff. Like if there's, there's no one handing that to us, I do try to plan. I, I try to have at least six months planned at any given moment of series. Awesome. And that it's not to say that never changes. Like there were probably, how many years did I try to sneak in the, the revelation seven churches yeah. before I finally was like, okay, I'm finally going to get there. Cause right. I would always have something that would come up that would take preeminence. So I try to leave room for the Holy spirit in that planning process. 
um, to say, okay, no, you really need to do this instead of that. Sure. Um, but we, I do try to plan series several months out. You know, we, I was just saying, you know, planning center as a, as a Holy Spirit and all that stuff. But I, and, and we were talking about planning ahead and all those things. I, I had a conversation with the, the worship pastor at my home church years and years ago. And I was in college and I was the kid that knew everything in college. Yeah. And, and I was asking him, I was like, you know, you guys have your music planned out six months in advance. Like, how how do you justify that? You know, we, you don't leave room for the Holy Spirit and all that. He's, he looks at me and goes, Zach, who, who's to say, are you saying that the Holy Spirit can't move six months right. ahead of, of that? Right. Like, And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And, and that, that was my pushback at that conference whenever the guy said, you're making Planning Center be the Holy Spirit, is that... Um, you know, I think that, I think the Holy Spirit can work in the minute. I think he does, but I also think mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit can work in, in, into what I'm, what I'm planning. If I'm leaning on the guidance of God, that's the Holy Spirit working into that. I yeah. think that, I don't think it has to be either or. Absolutely. You know? Um, so yeah, that's a, that was a big thing. So do you, uh, when you preach, like, are you a manuscript or are you a notes guy or are I you a no notes guy? I tend to be manuscript. Okay. Uh, what I've learned is I've gotten older, the more I practice, the better, mm-hmm. uh, kind of going back to that argument. I, I think you need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, but I've learned if I, if I can preach my sermon three times before Sunday, yeah. I can go away from my notes because it's more memorized, and then I feel like the Lord spontaneously speaks to me more yeah. than when I, you know you're mm-hmm. you're looking down at your notes because then it's become a part of you, not something you're just right reading. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that I agree with you, and I'm a full manuscript guy. Um, we do voodoo magic, so it ends up on the back wall. I don't have notes in front of me. Voodoo you know, it's, magic. Um, that's I don't know how to do it, so it must be voodoo magic. Um, it ends up on the back wall, um, so I, you know I can look like I'm looking at the congregation, but I'm reading off the back wall. Um, and uh, and so and I point that out. It's not so I don't so I look great. Like I'll tell my congregation sometimes, like like I look good because our volunteers are amazing. <laughs> you know, sure, um, and and so. Um, but for me, it's like, okay, even with the full manuscript, there are times whenever I'm, I'm in the middle of preaching a sermon, I may be in, in our second gathering, right? And, you know, I may not have said this at first oh, and I'll feel the Holy Spirit nudge me to say, you need to say this right now. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know absolutely. what I mean? And for whatever reason, there was someone in that gathering that needed to hear that thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to honor that. Absolutely. Right. You know, and I think too, you've probably had the same experience. You're a manuscript person. You walk in on Sunday morning and you're like, no, this is trash. I'm going to start over. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and it happens. Like I said, the more I'm prepared, the more I tend to go off my notes. Yeah. And yeah. uh, sense, okay, this is where we need to go. Or yeah. even for us, and we're a little different because we're more charismatic, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Pentecostal. We just, okay, we're going to take two minutes in worship and we're just going to be quiet before the Lord or whatever. We kind of have that flow in our worship as well at times. So, Not every week, but yeah. at times. Yeah. So you used an interesting word, and, and I think that it's something uh, most of the people who are going to be listening, watching this, from because this is an earlier one, are going to be coming from probably a non-denominational Christian sure. church background. So something that we don't necessarily understand, um, I know I don't, I don't know if you do, Zach, is you, you're, you're an Assemblies of God congregation, and mm-hmm. then you use the term Pentecostal. Yeah. Um, uh, they are not one and the same, or they are one and the same? What's the distinction they, there? They are... Uh, the Simmons of God is a, a loose fellowship of like-minded church that started for missions. Okay. So if you look at worldwide numbers, AG actually has a lot of numbers. Yeah. But in the U.S., it's 2.5 million. Worldwide, it's a 
several hundred million. Right. Okay. Which is really strange. There, I mean, there are reports like Rio alone. I mean, Brazil alone is like eighty million ag. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. I mean, there's. They were designed for missions. They did it extremely well. Yeah. Right. And so the home church actually has not done as well. Right. But that's how they designed it. But it was born out of Zuzu Street Revival in 1904. Okay. And so definitely more of a Pentecost, yeah. Holy Spirit yeah. flair. But each of our churches is very distinctive because you yeah. can go to one AG church that is very non-denominational. You can go yeah. to another one that's a very traditional Pentecost church. Yeah. It's kind of the flair of... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because I would say even, even with you guys being AG, Pentecostal, whatever, you are we are more alike than oh, we yeah. are dislike. Yeah. I would agree. Sure, you know what I mean. I would agree, and you don't have to make that a big issue. Yeah, and and that's you know I mean? but and I, and I think that that's something. Part of the reason I wanted I wanted to have you on here. Part of the reason we want to get people from all kinds of different denominations is our non denominational brotherhood. Oh, sure. Can can has can have a mindset of autonomy of exclusivity in that mm-hmm. autonomy that I think is unhealthy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, and even in the AG, I grew up Methodist. Yeah. Uh, I find oh, it's only the you know Pentecostal message. I'm like really. Yeah, you know, I remember in yeah. Bible college, a guy got up. I love what he said. He said, "You know, it's the Pentecostal message changed the world." I agree with that to an extent. The problem is, right? What you're going to throw out, Billy Graham? You're going to throw out, right? You know, uh, Mother Bumpy? Teresa. You're going to throw out <laughs> Teresa. You know, back in the day, and I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. yeah. The Holy Spirit. As long as you know, I used to say, as long as you believe in the Apostles' Creed, yeah, some basic tenets of faith i yeah. can work with you yeah you know what i can do my own thing yeah when i'm in my church yeah but when i'm here or whatever i'm not going to preach on pentecost in this church there's yeah, right. no way right you know let's focus on the majors yeah and then on the minors yeah. we can deal with that right. alone and so that's what we've done uh, yeah. all the churches i've been a part of i have friends in all denominations yeah and uh you know Spit out the things you don't like, but focus on Jesus. Yeah, right. and, that, and that's one of our big things, right? In essentials, in essentials, unity, right? Mm-hmm. Non essentials, liberty. Um, like um, that's a big thing for us. There are very few things that are essential, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so for us, it's it's if you if you love worship, honor Jesus, it really doesn't matter the rest of your theology, you know, to the big picture of things. Sure. Right. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. But I, I just think it's good for guys to understand that, like, you know, yeah, he's AG, yeah, we're non non We're more alike than we are. Oh, absolutely. Not, right. You know. And you should, just so everybody knows, you should work with people. Now, if they're way over and you cannot agree with some I, some theology, I understand. Yeah. But we need to partner together because our communities need that. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. Our, and what happens is too many times... We get this. It's us, you know. It's our church that's changing the world. No, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that you guys probably want to do, but I try to do every week in our prayer time before service with our leaders, mm-hmm. is we try to pray for every church in our area. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Uh, yeah. Every, you know, and I won't name them all by name, but we will yeah. say, you know, Lord, we want you to touch and name in the communities. Yeah. Uh, we want Jesus presented. Yeah. Now, as long as the, you know. Salvation to Christ, and you know some of those things are there. Hey, I don't care what flavor it is. Yeah, right. I don't care if you're playing a banjo. I don't care if you're playing <laughs> right. hard rock. It doesn't matter to me. Right. But put Christ first. Right. And right. pray for the other churches because if not, we start being. It's all competition. Well, yeah. it's not competition. No. Right. No, that's you know uh, we're in a community. Randy, Randy's also local to us. You know, Diamond's just a few miles down the road sure. from us. 
we we fish from the same lake. Sure. Um, you know, and and the thing is, is that we're not trying to. I'm not trying to catch more fish than you. We're trying collectively to catch all of the fish. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's a that's a big deal. Yeah. It is, and it is. It's hard sometimes to break that mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you say we want to catch all the fish, but like there is a part inside of me, like that is that this human part that is like, but I still want to catch more fish. Yeah. And and I think that is that's just not a healthy thing to have. There's, like there's a tendency in American Christianity that I don't see as much in missions. And and whenever I look at missionaries, and I think the tendency in American Christianity is to say that my preferences must be the right thing. Right. And I think that if you're going to go to your place or my place, it's going to be based out of preference more than mm -hmm. it's going to be based out of theology. You're going to learn theology wherever you go, but it's going to be based out of your preference of mm -hmm. theology, you know what I mean, or, or preference of style to go there. Um, and so um, it's hard to break that mentality of I want everyone else to like my preference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and when you and when you base your the success of your church, excuse me, this is mm -hmm. the success of your church on numbers. I feel like that's that's part of where that comes from. Yeah. Um, and and really, the success of your church is the health of your people, the, the spiritual yeah. health Absolutely. of the people that are there. Yeah. And I, I think you know I've been a part of some mega churches that were. Let me just be honest with you. They say a mile wide and an inch deep. Yeah. yeah. No no theological background. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It just was. It was pretty sad at times. Yeah. Were places I've been. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen that in both big and small churches. I've oh, seen. I've seen both big and small churches that were very, very deep. You know, and and I think that I think that the depth is uh, dependent upon people being willing to say, "I'm going to, I'm going to bring people the gospel of Jesus Christ." Right. Mm -hmm. That's where the depth begins. Is is saying is the willingness to step out and say, "This is the gospel." And the true gospel is going to draw some in, and the true gospel is going to offend some. Oh, I have to be okay with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Randy, for being here. Um, it, we are we are really thrilled that you came and did this. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll see y'all later. Awesome. Have a good day. Once again, thank you for listening to the Worship Hangover. We have a lot of content with several ministers and diverse roles from congregations of all sizes. Please help us out by leaving a positive review on iTunes and even sharing this with one friend. Every review and every share helps us immensely. That's all for this week. So until our next episode drops, pray for us and know that we are praying for you.